What's up, lads? Welcome back to another episode of Boots and Engines with me, Julian De Silva. You know, today on our episode, we we can talk about something that we all love and something I that is quite dearly to me and. It is obviously the beautiful game, football. You know, it's ah, I've I've been missing it so much. You know, I'm sure that most of you have been too, and it's quite sad seeing the condition now, and we are all missing it dearly. Despite the fact that there was claims that you know, and the news that June twelfth might be the return date, and as we can see, the EPL has started training very soon. You know, so that's good news, but you know, we can't uh, really confirm this as of now because of the current situation and, and right after they confirm the training is will be resumed there was updates on um, you know new cases amongst the Premier League team so that was a bit of a bummer but you know good to see that one league is back the Bundesliga you know you know when watching the game it wasn't the same but you know I mean it was kind of awkward at, at first because like you know the, the stadium was empty and all you heard was the players echoes and <laughs> all kinds of languages being used and you know the people of different nations and whatnot so that was a bit interesting but the funny one for funny part for me was the celebration because i think that was the most awkward i mean especially when i was watching the dortmund and schalke game um after erling Haaland has scored you know he just he he did some weird celebration i, I honestly don't know what that was and then there was just Togan Hazard and the rest of them all just looking at him and clapping it in in awkwardness. It was like, oh my god, this couldn't get any weirder, you know? And we'll have to be adapting to it over the next few months or so. But, you know, what What we're really here to talk about is, and it, this has been happening for a very, very long time as we speak, and I guess we all we all can agree that football is not about the game, it's not about the passion anymore. Football is really about money you know the ching ching you know it's it's not it's not about the game anymore it's not about the how 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 the game the game flow is how people play how the the aggression the speed the pace that players have you know it's not it's not there anymore people are not faced by it it's just about the money how much players cost how much players getting per week how much is the owners putting in for the club? How much is being spent on this, that, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just about that now. So that's... Yeah, it's all about money now. You know, what more can we talk about? You know, it's it's kind of like the main prospect now in football to get anywhere. You know, it's if you don't have money, you can't play football, you know, or you can't own a club. That's, that's it, that period, you know, that's practically it. And the one headline that has really caught all our attentions is the fact that there might be a second spell of a huge load of Arab money into a Premier League club and that club well you know it was certainly a surprise Newcastle well who would have thought of that Newcastle being owned by Arabs and we know Arabs have money, as we can see, what they have done with Man City, what Sheikh Mansour has done with Man City. That's, that is some, some kind of project right there. That's, it's, it's amazing. But, you know, thinking about it, it's, it's quite an amazing thing that would happen for Newcastle. You know, as we're looking at their past and, you know, over the past 10, 15 years or 20 years, if so, 
they haven't been at the very top level you know it's it's not been the same for them it 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 kind of went downhill for them and you know it, it it is it is good to see something like this could possibly happen it it is it is a, a dream come true it's like it's like heaven for them i mean who would have thought and this is not it's not it's not a, a small amount of money because the fact the fact that newcastle could have one of the most richest owners in the world that is something you know that is not something normal i would say cuz this is a huge jump for any other club in the world you know the fact that it's newcastle newcastle currently they sit um if i'm not mistaken the, with the current premier league table they are about 14th or 15th place currently and the fact that you know they get this money and they want to going to do with it it's just a whole different tale you know and you know um funny fact that you know the potential newcastle owners are someone related to the mensi owners but no surprise over there so let's dive in a little bit on who are these people that are going to take over possibly take over newcastle so we are looking at the public investment fund of saudi arabia that is planning to buy um, newcastle which is headed by the crown prince mohammed bin salman who is he's not taking 100% of the stake but only you know 80% and the other 20% is split between Mendes Stevely who is quite commonly known in the EPL you know uh, which I'll get to that in a while and the Ruben brothers so the both of them will be taking 10% each but you know it's interesting to see what they have in store for the club you know and if Newcastle were to get uh, if Newcastle were to get bought, bought over by the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia the potential um chairman was said to be Yasser Al-Rumayyan now Yasser Al-Rumayyan is quite a known figure he has been involved in not not so much in football but he's been involved in several top companies and banks you know like SoftiBank Uber Saudi Aramco few these are few big names in the financial market as i would say and of course Uber and Transport and he'll be joined by Amanda Stavely now Mendes Stavely many of you may not know Mendes Stavely but Mendes Stavely has quite an important role and she's quite a smart woman I would say because this woman has dealt with people in the Premier League before and she is known she has to be thanked for some of the successes especially Man City now now surprisingly Stavely helped the broker help broker the purchase of Manchester City by you know by Abu Dhabi's uh, Sheikh Mansour 2008 so she had a part in playing over the you know the billion billionaire venture of Man City and the fact that she is coming into the Newcastle one as well man looking at it it's it's just some positive sides you can see through this cuz like if you're looking at this Man City was bought in 2008 2008 2009 2010 yes they had they weren't as good as we thought yes they were developing they bought players they had robinho they had joe i mean and who else did they have they had craig bellamy they had they had so many players coming in and out you know some of them fit fit in some of them didn't fit in well and then you saw them eventually developing in the 2011 2012 you know 
that subliming season where the last minute goal Aguero scored and ah, damn it he cut out Man United which we could have won the damn title but Aguero as being Aguero a, a wonderful player he scored the last minute goal against QPR but you know that's what happens in life and and apparently she has been I mean as we all know the current um, Newcastle owner Mike Ashley was also the owner of one of the largest um, sports apparel company in the world uh, Sports Direct which I'm sure all of us know about it um, and he he has been trying to sell the club for a while because you know hearing from Newcastle fans as well I mean all, from my personal point of view Mike Ashley hasn't been treating the club so well in the past few years you can see that uh, it's, it's even affected some managerial positions as well because it rather people would say, Newcastle fans or some people would rather say that he was greedy in some way with his money. He wasn't willing to spend as much as he needs. You know, he and you know this affected the club as well because managers wanted to buy new players, but how could they buy players when they did not have the money? And to the fact that Manda Stevely has been in in this process as well. She has been negotiating with Mike Ashley for several for several amount of years. Several, several number of years, you know, in the potential purchase of Newcastle. And she's been going on and on. And despite that, um, despite her, you know, she'd been chasing this for so long and Mike actually had just been ignoring and giving, like, nasty remarks and all that, you know, which, which is, like, you know, kind of like a, a, a twatty move. Like, why, why would you do that, man? Come on, like, at least show some respect, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, that didn't stop Amanda Stavely from going on the hunt to purchase Newcastle and now she might just achieve that. You know, that is huge success. She did it for Man City. And the fact that she could do it for Newcastle as well, that, that would be something. Because, because if you think about it, there is, there's already been a significant financial status at Man City. If we are looking at it now, they are one, obviously they're one of the richest clubs in the world. And look how much money they've put in, how much they've put into the youth squad. You know, they've spent... Yes, now we've seen them. Uh, we've they've got their two the two year trans um sorry Champions League ban is quite upsetting, um, but you know you know in in the build up to these past two years they they have developed the club well they have built a good squad they are building the youth squad they're building the facilities the resources what what's needed to actually build and form a solid potential. A winning club, you know that, and that's what a club needs. And we don't know if it is possible that it will happen with Newcastle as well, you know. So that's that. That's something to consider if if the if the the owners have the right mindset and the right usage of the money, you know. Because let's think about it. Newcastle have to now they have to narrow down specifically what they have to consider when these new owners come into place because first they'll have to look at their manager. No disrespect to Steve Bruce, but Steve Bruce is a good manager, but will he be good enough when these new owners come? Because look at it. New owners come in. New owners come in, you expect a drastic change. You expect quality, expect experience. That's the most important. So it won't be suitable for a person like Steve Bruce, nonetheless, I mean, 
he's good but it won't be suitable for him to be under the nose of these Saudi Arabian uh, owners who would want to lift the club up and bring them to greater heights but I don't think Steve Bruce would be the right person you know you wouldn't you would prefer a person who has and who has an overall experience and that's why Newcastle or sorry the owners potential owners are looking to have these three replacements which I think are probably the the most the perfect three candidates that they could have first off we have Massimiliano Allegri now Massimiliano Allegri he's He's a really good manager, I would say. I mean, come on, we've look look at his history. I mean, he has he had a good spell with uh, AC Milan for several years, and then he went to Juventus and he won trophies. He won titles. He won CVRs. He won the Coppa Italia. He won all sorts of titles with them for several number of years, and he brought Juventus to where they are now. You know, he he did take them to. Greater height, and he, he definitely did develop the club very well. I mean, look at them. Previously in the Serie A, they weren't the best club at all. They were pract- um, the Serie A were practically dominated by AC Milan, um, uh, Inter Milan, uh, AS Roma. These clubs were in around the surface. They were there. They were all within that same category, fighting for the Serie A, and then even this were there. They were they were fighting as well, but they weren't. At their top level, as they were now, as they are now, and then, boom, Allegri comes in, boom, boom, boom. He spends all the money, and he's turned the club around. So he would be a good fit, to be honest. Like I would say, the experience and the age, it's not so bad, you know. He he could he could be a considerable candidate, I would say, and possibly a good one, definitely. As we know, other clubs have been chasing for him over the past few seasons when they were looking for their own managers like Arsenal uh, after they sacked um, uh, Unai Emery they were definitely looking at him with potential even United considered him as well Chelsea not to forget yeah so so many have considered him and this would definitely be a steal you know to get Massimiliano Allegri and then we of course we have Maurizio Pochettino now everyone loves I mean even though I'm a United fan but I love Maurizio Pochettino he was a wonderful manager he he is one manager that doesn't give up. He will push to the very end, you know. And he, he, he's a fighter. Come on, he, 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 he. Let's let's look at this. He started off at Southampton. Couldn't speak. He came from Espanol, and he came and he went to Southampton. He couldn't speak a single word of English, and you know the Southampton were okay. They were all right. Then you know they were like you know playing normal. They would just came in from the second division and and you know he developed. He didn't only develop the club, develop himself, but he developed the club as well. He look at them. Southampton have created some of the best players in the world right now, and of course half of them have gone to Liverpool. Boohoo! No surprise over there. <laughs> but besides the point, yeah, he has built so many great talents. Yes, I mean. Throwing the names out, Sadio Mane, Virgil van Dijk, then we've got Adam Lanana, and then we've got uh, who else do we have? Um, no, Watt Prowse, James Watt Prowse, and you know these are some of the good names that we have. You know that are from Southampton. You know so, and then he goes on to Tottenham, 
and what does he do with them? Mindre was struggling for so many, so many years and he was on the brink of being sacked at some point. But he proved Daniel Levy wrong, you know. And he brought them back to greater heights and he almost accomplished the impossible, impossible which was winning the Premier League title. But they lost the Liverpool 2-0. But that's, that's okay because it was their first ever Champions League final and he created something a memorable time for them, you know. This I think last season was probably Tottenham's the best season ever, you know. And seeing how the club has grown so much and how Mauricio Pochettino in particular can nurture nurture young talent. He can he really knows I mean Mauricio Pochettino is not an he is young. He is a young manager and this is why he's suitable to groom he knows how to groom the young players and develop them and fit them into the squad. He can basically fit youth and talent into one team and make something out of it. And that's what he did with Tottenham. He had Harry Kane, he had uh, Huming Sun, he had Harry Wings, he had, who else he had? Yes, he had Lucas Moura, of course. He's not very young, but still. And then who else did he have? He had Serge Aurier, he had Vertonghen, he had you know um, all these Dendomble and all these players. Yes, there are several other young players, but still he brought them to greater heights. And you know, if if this were to happen with Newcastle, looking at the squad they have now, they even that squad isn't too bad. I mean, they've got players like Matthew and Sean Longstaff. They were they're good players, like from yeah from the youth squad, and those are some talents that we'd like to see, or rather. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino has the opportunity to actually nurture them and bring them somewhere and make them really valuable to the club and actually, you know, do this to all the other players as well because they have so many other players as well, you know, n- not just the Longstaff brothers, but they've got, you know, the Cells and the rest of the Dubrov- Dubrovka and, you know, all these guys are amazing players if they get the right handling and, you know, under the right managerial post, you know, you know, you need someone like Mauricio Pochettino. And I think for me he would be the you know the most favorable one. I would prefer him out of this three. But you know, without a doubt and the third one, Rafa Benitez. Now Rafa Benitez, yes, we've seen him in the Premier League for quite some time with Liverpool. Of course his most success is with Liverpool. He is one of their best managers, obviously. And he had a short spell with Chelsea, but um he he did have his chance at Newcastle. Newcastle gave him, not say they gave him the opportunity, but he took, he really took them somewhere. He tried to make something out of the club despite him not having such a long time. And I kind of feel sorry for Rafa Benitez, Benitez at the same time because he really wanted to make something out of the club. But Mike Ashley, being a stubborn owner and greedy with the money, he did not give him give Rafa Benitez the money he needed to buy players. And that's where Rafa Benitez felt really unsure. Like, what what does he want me to do then? You know, I'm here trying to develop the club and you do not want to give me the money to actually show the potential I have, show who I can bring in. And, you know, the club is going to just go down the drain. You know, if not going to let me do that. And that's why, um, you know, Rafa Benitez, um, when he got the offer of, from China to manage one of the clubs, he took it and he left, you know, because it wasn't fair to him as well. He, why would, 
why would <coughs> why would he stay if there's no fairness towards him and you know it's it's not, it's not a mutual understanding or a mutual positive uh, vibe because Mike actually was just being greedy and he didn't want to spend out the money and here Rafa Benitez was trying to help but you know help wasn't provided so you know it's just it just doesn't make sense and you know apart from managers you know, big money we know about the big how the big money attracts players and I'm talking about a hell lot of players and big names now apart from managers the potential Newcastle owners had already um, had some sort of talks with potential players that they might want to sign and you know some of these names you might think it's pretty impossible for them to be signed but you know anything is possible in football let's just say that you know so you know without a doubt um, we all know that Antoine Griezmann has moved to Barcelona and he has not been having the best of spells I would say Let, uh, let's be really honest you know he's kind of lost it out there even though he's got goals and whatnot but he has been on Newcastle radar or rather, he is on Newcastle's radar currently with the potential new owners. And Griezmann has been touted as a potential recruit once the Tico is complete. Now, there's no surprise there. Look at Griezmann. Griezmann is... Okay, he has a hell lot of pace. He has a hell lot of pace and he's skillful and he's talented. He's a wonderful fit. But you think about this now, like... Relating back to Newcastle, a mid-table club, and but they've got the money. But you know the the players are not really faced. They they may not look back at oh they're just a small club with big money. You know what could possibly happen. You know, uh, some people some players who have the mind mindset be like oh cool. You know we go to this mid table club and we could do, do something out of the club instead of joining a huge ass club and being just and just being left on a bench for the next few games and you know only being come on as a sub. You know. It would be good to see a player like Griezmann coming on, you know, and showing his talent. Like like I said, probably the impossible might be possible, but, you know, you never know. But this is a good start. And then they did, Newcastle, potential Newcastle owners did include some new players, uh, sorry, include some Premier League players as well, such as John McGinn and Dwight McNeil from Aston Villa and Burnley. Now, these two players, they're pretty good. I mean... They, they're not expensive players, but they're worth the money. They're talented. They're reasonable, but they're talented, as we can see. How, yeah, we've seen how John McGinn has performed in the Premier League. He plays pretty well. So has Dwight, Dwight McNeil. These are, for me, two young talents, which are pretty good. Um, you know, homegrown from the UK. And they're pretty good, I would say, you know, for their, for their talent and the clubs that they're coming from. So they'll be a good, good players to groom with this new development of Newcastle, I would say, you know, and honestly, this would, this transfer with uh, looking at this um, seems pretty attractive to me. Newcastle potentially signing Musa Dembele. Musa Dembele is quite the name now, I would say. He's pretty prolific now. He's got many goals in the... Liga, you know, even about 30-odd goals he's been scoring in the league. And he's been a target for a couple of months now. And, you know, as far as I've known, this is what 
the potential owners have been planning ahead. They've been planning all these players beforehand when they take over happens. And Musa Nibela was one of the first ones they've considered because Newcastle have rather been struggling with their strikers, even though they've been a good signing with Joe Linton. Joe Linton is a good striker, but he you can see he is trying his best to adapt to it. But, you know, it's not really working as well so far in the season. And that's why... Um, Newcastle actually brought in Andy Carroll, oh, the legendary Andy Carroll, yes. Yes, Andy Carroll had his success in Newcastle, so you know it's no surprise of him coming back and probably teaching them a thing or two. You know, probably he was brought in to assist Joe Linton. And you know, we haven't seen much of Andy Carroll yet, but I'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see what he can provide to the team and his striking partnership. So the Musa Nabilis be signing potentially could be something good for the club and you know looking at this fans are also excitingly pondered on the possibility that the new billionaires could have the capacity to sign someone as prolific as Kylian Mbappe could you can you just picture that in your mind Kylian Mbappe, one of the the hottest talents, in fact, in the world, some one of the most expensive players in the world, actually wearing a Newcastle jersey and playing in the Premier League. Mind blowing! It's just mind blowing. Like, like the fact the fact that it is possible, like oh, it's just so hard. But of course. It it would be a dream if that could happen, but it's it's just it's too high to think now. But you know, they did they have considered at first people thought it was a joke. They made memes out of it, they made jokes all of it, all of it, Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. But the Saudi Arabians like the Saudi Arabians said, No, we are, we could actually consider him if our takeover actually happens. So this is gonna be this is just an unbelievable transfer if this could actually happen. Like whew. Oh god, this it's just crazy. This this is what money can do to football guys. It's just unbelievable. And now I'm talking now if we're moving on to more realistic transfers and more suitable pricing for the immediate future of uh Newcastle. They the Saudi Arabian owners also had looked over to the AC Milan duo of Frank Cassie and Hakan Kalhonoglu. Now these two guys I would have seen how they've played really, really well. Like we've known that in the previous transfer market, um after Wolves had signed uh, Patrick Cutrone, they also wanted to sign Frank Cassie and I thought you know, we all thought the deal was actually gonna go through but apparently it did not. But and then we're looking at Hakan Chalhanoglu, he came from Bayer Leverkusen. I mean he performed really well at the uh, Bundesliga, we've seen him with his goals, and he's he is, I must say, a really good free kick taker, and he's really skillful as well. So, why they considered these two guys is because Frank Cassie, if you've seen him in AC Milan, he adds a, a, a some sort of steel to the midfield. He is a, he has strength, he has power, he has the aggression. So he definitely adds the steel power to the Newcastle midfield and you know alongside you know if they still consider you know we they have John Shelby and they you know with the Longstaff brothers as well either one of them and that could solidify the midfield with the guidance of Frank Cassie who is 
pretty experienced. He's of a decent age, and he's obviously really good. So that could be a good catch. And of course, Hakan Kalhanoglu is pretty impressive player. I mean, he possesses impressive techniques. You know, especially like I said, from set pieces. So that is one thing. Newcastle can utilize in this kind of situations these two players especially if we're talking about realistic transfers for the immediate time now talking about all of this you know big money big transfers big development and we all we're all talking about all this happening but who are the ones are going to be affected who are the ones who care most about their clubs it's the fans, for God's sake, the fans. The fans, they play a subliming important part in the club. And if we're looking in this current situation of Newcastle, honestly, Newcastle, they wouldn't have a, um, a rather different approach or... Uh, yeah, they wouldn't have an, a rather different approach because... All their life, they've been supporting this club through thick and thin. No matter what the situation was, no matter how much might actually was a twat to the club, they stood by the club because that's how much passion they have to the club. You know, it's, it's crazy, you know, because what, what, what would make a difference being the richest club in the Premier League, or in fact, possibly in the world, we've seen so many scenes and monstrosities about having big money and have being the richest club in the world. You know, money, with the money, not everything can happen. Let's look at clubs like, you know, for one example, in the Premier League, the QPR. QPR, let's look at QPR. QPR was taken over by none other than the CEO of Asia, Tony Fernandez, country Tony Fernandez. Yes, it was a it was a big thing for our country, you know, and we were all so proud, like wow, Tony Fernandez, a Malaysian guy buying over a QPR, a Premier League club, you know, who would have thought of that? And the potential you could bring to the club. Yes, he brought in some of the best players. He brought in Lloyd Remy, he brought in Christopher Samba, he brought in Robert Green, he brought in who else? Um a digible CZ, you know, you burn some of the, maybe not the most expensive, but decent, good players, and, you know, we thought QPR were going to go somewhere, they are going to fly high, but, in the end, QPR didn't do as what everyone expected, they got relegated, you know, they weren't performing at their very best, they, you know, at least you would expect them to at least, climb above top 10, or at least, reach that point, but no, they weren't, really reaching that point why because everyone is so possessive of the money that they forget about the game what the game is all about what's the real meaning of football you know how how the fans feel you know all especially second tier football clubs all their lives they've been in the second division not really cared for by the big the whole other world because the clubs that support these to be honest the clubs that support these second division clubs or certain clubs in the Premier League are the real passionate fans. They do not. There is no roof set for how, how much, um, 
how many friends actually given their all for their club how much they support because as you can see these clubs have the most some of the most passionate fans in the world and they'll do anything for the club but when it comes to things like this when it comes to money and all what can they do what the only thing they can do is just continue to support their club because that's what they love doing they can't be shouting out or criticizing you know, the, the manager oh we can do better with the money or you know you should get get lost and let's get a new man, uh, manager or a new owner they can't do that they don't, they don't have that subliving power to actually do such but the all they have all they can do is hold tight and you know just walk through and support the club continuously and you know this, this is why it's it's quite sad because like you see if if this were to happen to newcastle and good things were to come out of them newcastle fans will be happy and they'll be even happier if development happens in the club like you know what true true gordy said i was watching some of his videos and it's really inspirational to see like he is a newcastle fan and it's really inspiring to see someone like him you know he supported the club no matter what and he said that you know as a fan of newcastle and speaking for the rest all they hope for now is for the money to be used for a good cause you know not to be ended up like some of these other clubs which have with spending much but nothing has been done so you know he's specifically highlighted on like you know training grounds the youth development the resources these are what the club needs these are the things the club needs to actually bring them somewhere to actually prove that there is some sort of process towards a success in the future no they do not have to have aims of winning the champions league or winning the premier league as of now because practically that is impossible and it's too hard to do it right now as you can see with the current situation and the potential clubs in line for it but what they can do is take these small steps in building the club internally because that is what's more important shaping the players building the players making them something that no one else can find you know you want to make them special you want to make them stand out from the rest because that's what football is all about it's about standing out from others and showing that you can prove yourself and that you can make a name and you can take your club somewhere and you can be that contribution to the success of the future of the club and that's what the newcastle owners should do the potential owners should do when they buy this club because let's face it if the newcastle if the saudi arabians buy over newcastle they could become the richest football owners in the world with an outstanding net worth net worth of 320 billion pounds guys that is no small money that is a fuckload of money that is a huge amount of money guys that could be spent on so many other things this is why even though the newcastle owners had listed these things down but you see you see the fact that they've already listed this down this these external things down uh, sorry internal things down rather than concentrating on behind the scenes of the youth development already shows that or we, we may not know it but maybe this is just a new showing it but this this is what i mean by not proving the real meaning of developing a club you know 
and this is why I hope I mean as a United fan and um not really a rival but I'm I'm actually looking forward to this like to be honest I'm actually really happy to see Newcastle getting this privilege of being owned by this billion billionaires who are practically similar to Man City the owners of Man City and looking at their power and authority looking at what could possibly happen to such a club of their level not saying they're low a mid but a mid table club which has good potential just that they don't have the right guidance and money which yeah which is why i mean i mean i will be really happy i'm actually really excited to see the future of the club of newcastle i mean i've always been keeping up to date day by day to see you know what's the progress and all that because it's really exciting knowing that a club like them could actually be something in the future and and it it'd be really exciting to see how how they develop the club and you know bring in the youth and develop the youth players i mean we have already seen two of them the brothers sean and matthew longstuff they are already prospects of newcastle you know homegrown from from the city of newcastle and what they could potentially become under this guidance if we're looking towards the future so yeah that's that's why I, i'm it's um people are so adamant for the club to actually make something good out of it i mean we we have seen some potential or rather success that you know the newcastle owners could aim to achieve like <clears throat> we're looking at the lights of psg look where psg have come they of course they were owned they were owned they are owned by the qatari investment authority and you know and okay they've spent a hell lot of money okay it's more than man city obviously but whew, I mean, come on! They broke the transfer record by signing Neymar for two hundred and twenty-two million guys. Whew! Fuck, that's that's a shitload of money. But you know, look at that. I mean, all in all, the Qatar Investment Authority have invested one billion into PSG itself, and the owner said there's no stopping there. There's no stopping there. So that means they are planning to invest more, and this is just. part and parcel of what they do and we look at um Silvio Berlusconi Silvio Berlusconi is the owner was the former owner of AC Milan now i think he may be one of the longest reign owners like he owned AC Milan for over 31 years and this is why when i read up about Silvio Berlusconi he's such an like, iconic owner I mean unfortunately he stepped down he resigned as um the owner 2017 due to a lot of speculations allegations and involved with mafia and gang stuff which eventually they were taken over by the Chinese but going back to Silvio Berlusconi he turned them into a foot into football's first modern super club when he bought them in 1986 now mind you 1980 was the year that AC Milan were relegated to the Serie B and you know how how he developed the club he 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 really took the club somewhere which is why I admire him so much because he took them from something to nothing he is one of those owners out there which is really rare to see who are passionate about football you know so he admired them from the beginning when he was in his youth and he really said one day I will buy this club and I'll turn them around and make them one of the greatest clubs in the world and what has he made them today 
they are now known as one of the top i mean unfortunately now is milan won as they once was but still they won a number of Champions League titles, Serie A titles, and have brought in some of the best players. You've got Ronaldinho, you've got Ronaldo, you've got David Beckham, you've got Duda, you've got you know all these Kaka. You know, oh my God, those good times! I I really loved watching them in the two thousand nine, two thousand ten season. Those those are some of their best times, to be honest. And oh, sorry, going back, I I forgot to mention about this. Going back to, um, talking about the development of uh, Newcastle and the owners. I want to specifically highlight how Man City have grown not as a club but as how the owners have actually changed um how football looks like now because looking I'm not sure if anyone is aware but um once the Sheikh Mansour had bought over um Man City he they developed this into a business and he formed the Manchester City group and now under the manchester city group they owned new york city the new york city is american football club for soccer club and then they owned melbourne hearts which obviously when they bought over they changed it to melbourne city now known as melbourne city fc they bought over yokohama f marinos a Jap- japanese club and recently before this pandemic had started they had bought a chinese club So now currently there are four clubs under the Man City name. And as we know um under when uh, clubs are owned are owned under or you know there's one club which owns a several number of clubs. You know players can change that's that's pretty interesting you know players can switch and what like and this is what happened with um with Man City you know when when Frank Lampard was playing uh, just an just an example you know Frank Lampard was playing for New York City for a while after he left Chelsea and he was towards his retirement stage and he had a short spell and Man City just took him over to the club and you know he had a short spell so that's it's interesting to see how this works when a club has so much money and development and they can own so many clubs and you know they can just do this you know can bring in talent from which of the other clubs they have So that was inter- interesting to see and you know that's just an example of how development is so powerful and how this is what it can become you know okay going back to the club owners now another a big prospect is the Red Bull energy drink i'm sure all of you Red Bull energy drink or the drink such a lovely drink and i'm sure everyone loves drinking Red Bull right and yes not only are they a powerhouse in the energy drink um industry but into the sports um Yes, they own the Red Bull F1 racing team, which is one of the top three racing F1 teams in currently in standing. And you know they own an F1 team, and they have four football clubs as well. You know, and they own Red Bull Leipzig, New York Red Bulls, Red Bull Brazil, and Red Bull Salzburg. So, and the Red Bull Group was also one of the biggest owners that have taken the club somewhere and you know brought success to the teams. Like, eh, apparently the current owner of Red Bull, who also, who also owns all these clubs, has been quite a generous man towards his club with in terms of funds and resources. And looking, I mean, it is obviously to see um among these four clubs, the most successful is Red Bull Leipzig, as you can see with the number of players they have produced. I mean, come on, look at that. Sadio Mane came from sorry, Sadio Mane came from Red Bull Salzburg, but yes, still Red Bull Leipzig, they've got. Timo Werner. Timo Werner is uh, 
some one of the best and then and then you've got Emil Forsberg then you've got Yusuf Paulson you've got all these big this all this they're not the biggest I guess Timo Werner is one of the biggest but some of these names because they're good talented players they're grown players they, they've developed them so well so that's what I really love about them you know it's amazing and you know it's it's just it's just great to see and then we have of course none other than Florentino Perez Florentino Perez the president and owner of Real Madrid yes we all know him so well why is he so famous and how has he brought Real Madrid to such a success Florentino Perez is one person who is very good at persuasion let's let's give him let's give his our hat off to him because he is one of the most persuasive owners we know out there without a doubt come on look at that the amount of players that he's yes talking about the players but the fact that he has fought over so many clubs to bring in players that he wanted because he said that if i want them i will get them and i am going to get them sure enough he's got in them he's got garrett bill he's got cristiano ronaldo he's got james rodriguez he has got luis figo he has got Robinho, he's got Zinedine Zidane, he's got David Beckham, he has got Kaka, he has got Eden Hazard. The name lives go this goes on. I don't need to explain no more, but look at that. He's had so much. He bought over the club in 2000. He first bought over the club and you know um yes, they were all right as a club and he had his first term. Yes, he had two terms at the club. and his first term was for 6 years until 2006 and due to some personal problems and problems in the club he chose to resign but during that 6 years he did develop the club to some, somewhere you know it was developing but within that 3 years gap without his ownership real madrid was struggling they lost some of their great players they lost steve manman they just they lost cloud mckelele and some other few names and Real Madrid weren't performing as they once were because they didn't have proper funds they didn't have proper manager managers because probably the owners weren't overlooking them too well the current the owners then weren't looking at them too well so <clears throat> and you know eventually he came back at his second term when no other candidate wanted to take up the post and you know he came back in 2009 and he told them I'm going to turn this club back to what it once was and he brought in and that is the first year he had brought in Cristiano Ronaldo and Karim Benzema two of some of their prolific uh productions in the club of obviously Ronaldo is left and but Benzema is still there and he's still you know one of the top strikers and this is what man, owners can do to the club you know this is what we're talking about money's worth and actually taking the club somewhere you know this, this is what i admire about managers like him and Last but not least, we have Vichai Srividana Prabha. You know, I'm sorry for my pronunciation, but yes, I'm sure all of us know him. The fairy tale man, the man that was part of the invincible win of Leicester City's Premier League title. Now, obviously, of course, we all know. Um, you know, we lost him tragically in 2018 due to the helicopter crash, which definitely shocked the world. it was very sad to be honest it was very very sad you know it affected a lot of people especially his family members and a lot of the players because he was one owner that i know who was who had that personal relationship with every single player in the squad 
without a doubt he was he was best friends with Jamie Vardy with Casper uh, uh, Michael and even of course the manager as well you know but these are some of the players that he grew a close connection with and a lot of players were truly affected by his loss but apart from that he i find him as one of the most genuine owners out there because as far as i know he is one owner that bought a club out of interest of football now we don't see this in a lot of managers but uh, sorry a lot of owners but what caught the eye of vichai srividana prada was prabha was he had gone to england in 1997 to catch the league cup final game between leicester and middlesbrough and he admired the way leicester played despite them not being a big club back then and he he was attracted to the club he said that one day that you know i probably want to buy a club and that would be leicester i see so much potential in leicester and then in 2010 he buys over leicester city and he has taken them from the second division up to the premier league almost getting relegated and leading them and bringing them to win the premier league title the next season that is some journey you know and you know the thing about vichai shiva hana prabha was that he is a very humble man he was very kind to the fans and the club and you know the community of leicester because when leicester was struggling that first season when they almost got relegated he knew that the fans were struggling and they were really unhappy and they, you know they were so uh, they were so distraughted and upset but you know they made it and they finished 17th and they survived the premier league you know they survived relegation and but what he did was that he knew that this was a huge i mean not a huge achievement but it was it was a savior you know they got saved and what he did to cheer up the fans was he bought hot dogs he bought burgers root beers and he served to all the fans in the stadium um there was it during the last game or one of the games after they found out about their them being saved from relegation so you know he does genuine things like this and he even bought about um 19 or 20 BMW i8s for his players i mean for each for 18 to 19 players he bought the BMW i8 after their title winning season so you know it's 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 amazing to see what uh, an owner with such a heart can do and you know after he passed away obviously his son had taken over as chairman and ceo of the company king power duty free and leicester city and he made this promise uh, not a promise but he made this objective saying that he wants to bring the club to greater heights and he wants to achieve more he wants to achieve what his father wanted to achieve but obviously he can't but his son said that i will continue that journey of my father's and i will give my very best to do such because i may not have the persuasion and the power that my father does but i definitely have the passion and interest to do something like this and if the community of lester and the players and manager have the support of me anything is possible so 
looking at these kind of things, I've I feel that if the Newcastle owners actually turn out to be like this, and which everyone hopes so, this would be something amazing. Everyone, I I to all the listeners out there, I just want you to know that this will be a truly amazing achievement for such a club. You know, it's gonna be amazing. It's going to be a result that all of us will be looking forward to and definitely something we are looking to see in the process you know and you know talking about this I've, I've really enjoyed talking about this and looking up about this and looking the consider consideration of the prospects of the future of Newcastle and looking into the other clubs as well you know how owners have turned out to be so shitty how owners have turned out to be amazing you know there are all these factors and individuals with such characteristics you know who has the heart who has the generosity who has the real passion towards driving a football club to greater success and potentially trophies in the future so you know this is this is a very interesting topic for me and i love i love the fact that i chose to touch on this topic so if any of you uh, i'll be dropping um of course, I'll be having a Q&A session and so I'll be dropping it on Instagram later today or tomorrow. So please feel free to um, tell me what do you think? What do you think about um, would, you know, questions such as like, um, would it make a difference being a richest club in the world or how the fans feel? Let me know what do you guys think, like from your point of view, if you were a fan of a club or if you were a fan of or if your, your perspective of Newcastle. Or if any other questions you have, just let me know. Drop it on Instagram and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. I hope you guys have enjoyed this session with me because I truly did. This is a wonderful topic to touch on. And I'll see you guys real soon. Thank you for listening and take care. Bye-bye.